This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are standing by to help you with your home improvement project. We know there's one on your to-do list. Let's put it on the done list. Call us. We'll help you get started at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, trees are great for shade and fun for kids to climb. But on the downside... A tree can block your view or damage sidewalks or driveways with roots that grow totally out of control. If that is happening in your yard, you don't have to cut it down because we're going to teach you how you can transplant it in just a bit. And if the roots of those trees or maybe some other type of issue have caused your driveways or even your sidewalks to crack, they need to be fixed before the weather starts to turn super cold. And of course, you know what happens then. Those cracks get bigger. We are going to tell you about a quick and easy fix using a material that requires no mixing or measuring of any kind. And also ahead, bugs that are shaped like a shield and armed with a very distinctive odor. We're talking about stink bugs, and they're turning out to be the peskiest pest around this time of year. So we're going to teach you the best way to get rid of them and keep them away for good. Plus, if you love your granite countertops, but you're really not sure how you should be caring for them or cleaning them, we could solve that problem if you give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. We're giving away a cleaning essentials kit from Granite Gold. The kit has everything you need to take care of those tops. It's worth 55 is going to go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to the phones. Preston in Kentucky is on the line and needs some help with a painting project. What's going on at your Money Pit? Well, I was just curious why. I've gotten a few estimates on getting the inside of my home painted, and I was curious why they, why there's such a wide gap in between the prices that I've gotten as one job different than the other well it depends when the first painter comes did you have sort of your blue jeans on and dirty shirt and when the second guy came you were like all dressed, <laughs> dressed up in a work. suit tie <laughs> like you just walked out of the bank <laughs> they they bid you Briefcase as much as they bid the job to your wrist <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah don't wear the fake rolex you know when the guy comes over to give you a price Listen, the thing is, what you want to do is make sure they're comparing apples to to apples on these estimates. So there could be a lot of things that they're doing differently. I would check that first, um, starting with the brand of paint, because the better paint is going to be worth it. It's going to be more scrubbable. Um, How many coats they're going to apply. Are they priming? What's the prep work? Is it plaster? Do they need to skim coat? Is there any repair work that needs to be done to the existing drywall? And also, you're just going to have to, because it's so labor-intensive, you're absolutely going to positively have to do your homework on all these guys and get references and talk to people that they did work for recently. And I like to ask people for references of somebody they worked for at least a year ago so we can see over time 
what their reputation has been. Because you definitely need to have someone who's careful about their working inside your house and who's also a skilled painter. So I would dig in on the references and I would make sure that we're comparing apples to apples in terms of what the project is that they're actually doing. And then another thing that you can do is always go online and I like to search complaints against in the name of the business. And believe me, if there's anybody who's had a problem, they're gonna pop up in a Google search. So if you search the word complaints in the name of the vendor, you'll find out right away. And keep in mind, there are complaint sites out there. The only reason people go to them is to complain. So you don't always get a balanced view. But if you see a lot of complaints on a lot of different sites, then you know then you know maybe it's an issue and you should steer clear. Does that make sense? Okay, great. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Bruni in Alaska who's looking for some planting help in Alaska. Some cold plants, I guess. <laughs> Fake ones. Welcome, Bruni. How can we help you? We have a very narrow swath of grass, which is actually just moss and tall weeds. Like, uh, can't quite tell what kind of weed it is. And it, there's no grass growing. It's just moss and it's damp. It's on the north side of a building and it's just at the edge of the deck. So okay. it virtually gets no sun ever. I think it's uh, crabweed, I think it's called, or some kind of a ferocious weed that grows uncontrollably. Okay. So I was wondering if you could make any suggestions what else I could grow there. Well, the key here is to understand what hardiness zone that your area of the country is in. And anybody that lives in Alaska is pretty hardy by my book, but there are actually yeah. hardiness zones there. And, and um, taking a look at uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture's site, uh, Leslie, what zone does it look like she's in? It looks like Anchorage is placed in the 3B, 3A zone, which would put you in the minus 40 to minus 30 degree temperature zone. So that kind of gives you an idea of what hardiness of plant or grass that you would need to sustain you know, those temperature swings. And if you go to the almanac.com, which is the website for the Old Farmer's Almanac, they actually have a guide there that has all of these plants listed by hardiness zone. So there are actually quite a few plants that will survive, believe it or not, in that hardiness zone. And they're all listed there in a directory on the Old Farmer's Almanac. So I think that would be a good source for you. Gives you lots of options on what you can do with that space based on that hardiness zone and, of course, the amount of light. And hopefully we can get something growing there pretty soon. Thank you so much. That would, that's very nice. I appreciate that. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, I want to officially welcome you all to autumn, as Tom and I like to call it, the Goldilocks season of home improvement. So have at it. Let us give you a hand with any kind of home improvement project you'd like to take on because the weather is just so glorious. So enjoy these cool, not humid days and let us help you with a project. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, when the weather weather turns cold, drafty windows can make you very uncomfortable as well as drive up those heating costs. But how do you find those drafts and deal with them? We've got a simple test you can do yourself to deliver that answer and we'll share that tip next. Hi, I'm Norm Abram from This Old House, and when we're hard at work, we listen to The Money Pit. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Taking your calls right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. Plus one caller who makes it on the air with us this hour is going to win a cleaner home because we're giving away a cleaning essentials kit from Granite Gold. These guys are the leaders in stone care. Besides the daily cleaner, which is pretty popular, you'll also get four other products, including a natural stone polish, which you can use to bring out the stone's natural beauty and guard against water stains. Worth 55 bucks. If you want to win it, pick up the phone right now and call us with your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Larry in Wisconsin on the line who's dealing with some siding issues. Tell us what's going on. What I did is I was watching um, this old house a couple of years ago, and my house was just built four years ago, so I just had a brand-new driveway and everything, and they were showing you how that you could stain your driveway. And I live in, in Wisconsin. Yep. So I decided to stain my driveway and stuff, and then during that time, I got some of that stain on my siding, on my lo- or, uh, yeah, my vinyl siding, and I can't figure out how to get that stuff off. It's on the vinyl siding, huh? Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Well, since uh, vinyl is a solid material, have you tried to sand it with a very, very fine sandpaper, like a like an emery cloth at maybe a 220 grit uh, or finer? Or you tr- you could try to use rubbing compound like you use for a car. Okay. And that's kind of abrasive, too. You're going to have to abrade through that surface to see if you can possibly get down to the raw vinyl. Right. I've tried, like, Comet and even a little bit of gasoline or some mineral oil and all kinds of... You know what, though? I would never, ever put that stuff back on my driveway again because the first time we had an ice storm and I went to shoveling, all that stuff just peeled right on up. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was terrible. Then I had to get a pressure washer and rent that and then blow the stuff. You know, it's just a mess. Maybe you need to go back and look at that This Old House segment again. Well, here's what happened, though. You know, I was in sales for 25 years myself. I sold uh, cars. And if I sold somebody a car, I would sell you an extended warranty, rust proofing, fabric, whatever. So right. that contractor had to do was just tell me, hey, what color driveway would you want? And I would have said, what do you mean by that? Because they can put that dye in there, that powder. Exactly. And then they could have yeah. mixed it right up with the cement, and boom, it would have been yeah. perfect. But that didn't happen. <laughs> you know who was one of the first architects to ever use that technique? Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright. That's exactly right. You are correct, <laughs> sir. Well, he built a lot of beautiful houses right here in my town. He I did. live in Beloit, Wisconsin. And yeah. It, oh, yeah, he, he was really gifted, that's for sure. Yep. He was way ahead of his time. Yes, he was. All right, well, good luck with that project. I think if you try to abrade that with some sandpaper or some rubbing compound, then that'll do it. All righty, I'll try that. Thank you so much. All right, you're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Janet in Kansas is on the line dealing with a condensation problem. Tell us what's going on. Well, my husband and I, we have steel frame windows, and we get a lot of con- condensation on those in the winter, and it runs down on the window sills and ruins the finish. And I was okay. wondering if there's any, any suggestions on how I could make that well, the reason that you have condensation is because the windows aren't well insulated. So what happens is you have warm, moist air that's inside the house, and then you have cold air that's outside the house and cold windows. And so as the warm air hits the windows, it condenses because the windows will chill the air. They'll lower the air temperature, and then it releases its moisture. So 
Short of replacing the windows with better quality windows, this is going to be a challenging problem. The only thing that you can do beyond that is take steps to reduce moisture inside of your house by making sure you have exhaust fans, making sure your drainage around the foundation is good, and making sure that you have proper attic ventilation. So reducing moisture inside the house will help reduce the amount of condensation on the windows, but the reason it's happening is because the windows are not insulated. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, when it's time to shut your windows for the season, it's also time to start thinking about how energy efficient those windows really are. Now, doors and windows, they're usually the biggest culprits for your drafty energy leaks that occur. Tom's got a simple test that can help identify those drafts, and this energy-saving tip is presented by Pella Windows. That's right. Now, you can test for air leaks around your doors and windows by doing what's known as a basic building pressurization test. Now, the pros do these with very heavy-duty equipment, but you can do a very simple version and figure out exactly where those leaks are coming in. So the first thing you do is you close all your doors, all your outside doors, all your windows, and also fireplace flues. The next step is to turn off all combustion-burning appliances, like furnaces and water heaters, and then turn on all your exhaust fans. Now, these would be in the kitchen, the bathroom, or you can use a large window fan to kind of suck the air out of the rooms. What this does is it increases the infiltration through all the cracks and crevices and leaks that are sitting around the windows and makes them easier to detect. Once you have all the fans going, you can use incense sticks, or you can even use your hand around the outside edge of the window. In fact, if you dampen your hand, it'll be more sensitive because all that air coming in will force moisture to evaporate and you'll feel that instantly. Once you do that, you'll be able to detect which windows are super drafty and then you can decide what you want to do about them. Now, if you do find that you've got drafts, keep this in mind. Pella's got a new series of windows. It's the 350 series vinyl windows and patio doors. And those are Pella's most energy efficient products to date. And they can actually save you 35% on your energy bill, which is a big savings. Now, the advanced low E triple pane glass provides industry leading protection from extreme temperatures. And inside the frame, Pella has added three times more insulating chambers than your typical vinyl window, making them up to 83% more energy efficient. Pella 350 Series Vinyl Windows and Patio Doors also help keep your home comfortable year-round. You can learn more at Pella.com. Now, Hugh is on the line from Texas and needs some help with brick repairs. How can we help you with the project? got a house down in Houston, and every, I've forgotten how many bricks, but every so often, it's got a vertical slot between the ends of the brick, as if it's, I guess it's a... Uh, uh, a, a slot for air to be able to ventilate going up and then up in the attic, uh, it's, uh, you know, the air can come up there. And I, and I was wanting to find out, uh, would we be better off to seal that up to keep the scorpions and such out, or do you, does the house need that? The answer is no, because you do need that air for ventilation. I'm going to presume that this is a brick facade, so it's probably over a wood-framed wall. And uh, those weep holes in the brick help the brick to breathe. Otherwise, you can trap moisture behind the brick, and that could cause the um, exterior wood surfaces in the structure beneath them to rot. So it's there for a reason. You, you really should uh, use it and find some other way to keep those scorpions away. Okay, now what about insulation? I don't know that this house had any insulation in the walls. It's uh, uh, It was built back in the early 70s or something, uh, and we, we bought it secondhand. But 
would that be where you'd normally put insulation in between the bricks? No, it would not. It would not be. So and here's here's why. Because you don't want to again insulate that space because that's there for ventilation. If you were to insulate it, it would be in the wall frame itself. And even though 1970s sounds like a very old house, I can assure you they won't, they were definitely using uh, fiberglass insulation insulated bats in walls that were constructed at that time. So you may very well have it. Uh, and in addition to that, if you're going to add insulation to a house anywhere, the best place to add it is to the attic because that's where you have the most heat loss, not the walls, not the floor. So the order of priority in my mind uh, would be attic first, followed by floors, followed by walls. Okay. Well, we'll leave them open then. I sure do appreciate it. You're very welcome. You thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Lucy in Kansas is on the line and would like some help refinishing some cabinets. Tell us about your project. Uh, yes. Uh, we have a uh, home that is about 17 years old. I just moved here about three years ago. And uh, we have solid oak cabinets. And the overall finish is just looking dull. Um, it isn't awfully bunged up or anything, but there are areas like along the upper edges of the uh, drawers where the color looks faded. And uh, so I don't know what to use to clean them, and I don't know what to do to, you know, make them have some sheen. A couple of things. First of all, you can clean them with Murphy's Oil Soap. That's a good mild soap for uh, for cleaning any kind of wood surfaces, including floors and, and cabinets. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you can, if, if it's just a finish that's kind of worn a little bit, you can take those doors off, take the drawers out, and lightly sand them. And then put another coat of uh, of urethane on it. You're probably going to want to use a satin urethane. But make sure you sand them first and use an oil-based satin urethane. It would not use water-based. I see. Even though it's easier to use, it's not as durable. So use the oil-based urethane. And I would try it on, you know, maybe one drawer front or someplace that's the least obvious in your kitchen just to make sure you like the way it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then go ahead and do the rest. Okay. You know, I think that'll just fix us right up. I think so. Lucy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we're heading on over to Rhode Island where David's got some, uh, you know, unwanted visitors in the attic. You got some bees, huh? Yes. What kind of bees, David? I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but from talking to people, I think they're called carpenter bees. Carpenter oh, bees, okay. huh? They burrow through a little, I think it's slightly smaller than a dime. Right. They, it's a, it's perfect dowel size. Yes. It's yes. amazing how they do a five-eighths of an inch hole every single time. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. So I have an agreement with the bees. It's like a 15-, 17-year-old agreement. You don't sting me, and you can stay, because they're not in the living quarters. <laughs> they just burrow through, and they're in, in between the, uh, the living space and the outer wall. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> well, they have an agreement you, with everybody because they don't yeah, sting, David. <laughs> they don't sting. They don't stingers. That's <laughs> They're right. just large and imposing. They're large, and they. I have been told that also that they don't sting. Yeah, they will mm-hmm. intimidate you. They'll fly at your head and things like that, but they don't sting. But carpenter bees, you know, if, if they are there long enough, they can do serious damage to the rafters. So it's not something that you want to put up with forever. Uh, what you want to do is have them treated and then fill those holes. Otherwise, they'll come back. Really? So I have been possibly compromising the the, the two bites. If, if the they've been the if they've joint. been infesting the attic for fifteen years and they've been drilling into your rafters, well, they'll they drill in 
from the edge grain, then they turn and they run horizontal to the ceiling rafter or to the to the roof rafter, uh, and they lay eggs and then come back out. So if they if your rafters have now hundreds of holes in them from the carpenter bees, yes, you could compromise them. So I wouldn't put up with this. I would definitely have them exterminated and then seal the holes, and this way they're gone for good. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Say, do you happen to have a tree blocking your view or even hiding your home? Well, don't chop it down. Transplant it. We're going to tell you how after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pit is brought to you by American Craftsman and Anderson Company. Now enjoy 15% off special order American Craftsman windows and patio doors at the Home Depot. Valid through September 26. See the Home Depot for details. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do you ever wonder how to get in on all the prizes we give away each week? It's very simple. Just fan us on Facebook. You'll get inside information on giveaways, new articles, videos, and blogs. Plus, we'll tell you exactly how, when, and where to call for your chance to win. We do occasionally record this show at different times than the weekend. And if you're a Facebook fan, we will give you a heads up so you can be first on the phone lines to get your question answered and possibly win a great prize. All right. With the colder weather approaching, Alan, New York needs some help winterizing his home. Tell us about it. Well, it's the uh, end of the summer. We're getting into that season now. It's getting cold at night. And I was just wondering if you had any you know, budget-friendly ways I could uh, maybe save some costs and, and keep my house warm this winter. Well, it all comes down to priorities, Al. And, and the first place that I would look in any house that I wanted to reduce heating costs on is the attic. And I would be measuring how much insulation you have up there. Now, do you know how much you have right now? Uh, right now, it's probably only six to eight inches. So perfect. This is where you want to start. But what you really want to have up there is about 19 inches, 19 to 20 inches of insulation. There's a new insulation product out right now that's available at Home Depot called EcoSmart, and it's made by Owens Corning. And it's a very user-friendly insulation. The way they, they create the stuff, it kind of looks like cotton candy. It's easy to handle, easy to install. I want you to get more insulation and lay it perpendicular to the existing insulation. You're going to almost triple the amount of insulation that you have in that attic right now. You will see an immediate reduction in your heating bills. If you did nothing else, I would add insulation. It's very inexpensive and incredibly effective. Wow, that's a great tip. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Al. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, let's face it. Sometimes plans for your yard or even your house change, and a tree can become an obstacle instead of a beautiful piece of landscaping. Well, if that tree is small enough, you can actually transplant it instead of chopping it down. Landscaping contractor Roger Cook from TV's This Old House is here to tell us how. And Roger, you've planted a lot of trees on the show, and not all of them came fresh from the nursery. So what are the keys to a successful transplant, and how big of a tree can we actually hope to move? You can move as big a tree as your wallet can afford. <laughs> Spoken like a true contractor, there Roger. There you go. Um, time of year is critical. Okay. We like to move things early in the spring before they leaf out or in the fall when 
the leaves have fallen off the tree. Both good times to put a tree in the ground and get it reestablished. So what are we talking about, like a three or four inch trunk? Something you can like do that. that. You can, in some situations, we've brought in tree spades and moved 30 or 40 foot trees that were growing on the site to a new location because, unfortunately, we don't plan well enough. We don't plan for that tree to get as big as it, it did achieve, so we have to move it. Now, a tree spade is a, obviously a very uh, heavy piece of landscaping equipment, but if you're a homeowner and just want to move a small tree, what's the key to doing that successfully? Do you have to make sure you take enough of the root? That's the key to the whole thing is the more roots you can take, the better off you are. The first thing I do is evaluate the tree. Is it in good health? Is it structurally sound? Is it worth spending some money on and moving? If, if that's the case, then we go ahead and we'll dig the tree. Now, when we dig a ball on a tree, we like to have 10 to 12 inches of root ball diameter per inch of tree. So okay. if, if I have a four-inch tree, I want to dig a 40-inch root ball. So we just lay that out on the ground. We'll go and dig a trench around. We'll very carefully cut any roots we come across because roots that are cut clean heal faster. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. So don't rip out the root. Just slice it. Right. If you cut it with a shovel, it's real ragged. It can get disease or just rot in the end of it. So are you just exposing the root and then using like a good snipper or a saw? Not a good snipper and not a good saw because you're in the dirt. We use Mm -hmm. our old loppers and our old tree saws for this type of work just to make a good clean cut on it. Now what we'll do is we'll dig down until we find no more roots. We usually go down 12 to 18 inches on the average tree in depth. Once we dig all the way around and we dig underneath the tree, we'll take some burlap, wrap it and pin it around the ball to hold the soil in place, and then we put twine, jute twine around it and tighten it, and that even holds the soil together more. Now, how do you plan for the weight on something like this? I mean, that's got to weigh a ton. You've got a 40-inch wide by 12-inch deep root ball. I mean, that's not something Tom and I are going to go and be able to pick up this tree. Well, it, it, it is if you have the right equipment. On a small, tiny little tree, you could use like a dolly, you know, slide it underneath, mm-hmm. tip the tree back. But we have what's called a tree dolly, and that's set up with big tires and a lip on the front. So if you tip the tree down one way, slide the dolly underneath, and then chip the tree back, it sits right up on the dolly, and we can move it anywhere in the yard. And then if all else fails, I have a bobcat. I can move, <laughs> I can move just about anything with that. Now, I've seen those tree dollies. They kind of look like hand trucks, but with an extended sort of uh, lift gate. So to speak, or right. lift. Right. And a lot of times you can rent those at a garden center. They'll rent them to you for the day, and that's a great way to move trees around. Now, once you've actually removed the tree and you've balled it up, do you have to plant it right away, or could it sit, say, for the winter? We've taken some out of houses that we're having additions put on, and we do a process which is called healing in. We deal a, dig a slight hole in the ground, maybe three or four inches deep. We set the tree down, and then we put mulch around it or wood chips, mm-hmm. and that encases it and helps it get through the season. And you can leave them there for a year or even two years huh. as and long as you water them. that's while it's still wrapped. Them. Right. Leave it just wrapped. Don't unwrap it. Just leave it just like it is. Water it, and then when the addition's done, you can take them all out and put them right back in the new addition. And when it's time to actually replant, any special steps you need to take? No, just like you would any other tree, new or old, you know, meaning a new plant you bought or a transplant, big hole, good soil, fertilizer, water. All right, great advice. Roger Cook from This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. And, of course, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and a step-by-step video on tree transplanting, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. 
Well, just like the roots that cause them, cracks in your concrete driveway can grow and lead to big-time damage. We'll tell you how to make them go away for good next. You live in a body pit. Pit is brought to you by Flood. Know how to open a can of wood stain? If it's flood wood stain, you've already mastered the hardest part. From the first board you brush to the last, Flood products make it surprisingly simple to protect and beautify your deck, fence, and more. Find a retailer at flood.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Happy autumn, everybody. It is the first official weekend of fall, and we're happy to be helping you with all your home improvement projects. Now, everybody loves a natural stone countertop, and they're super popular for a reason, because they are really durable and they are just gorgeous. But taking care of them, that's kind of a tricky mystery. Nobody really knows what the right way to do it is. So one lucky caller this hour is going to not ever have to worry about that again because we're giving away a cleaning essentials kit from Granite Gold. And the kit includes the best-selling daily cleaner plus four other products, including an outdoor stone cleaner that you can actually attach to your garden hose and help clean your stone patios. The whole prize pack is worth $55. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Tom in Alaska on the line who's dealing with a roofing problem. Tell us what's going on. I have a um, rafter or a trust. In this case, they're nine by three and a half right. uh, inches, nine inches by three and a half inches, uh, 32 inches on center. Now on top of that, I have two by six tongue and groove um, wood. Now on top of that is where the insulation goes and the insulation currently is some kind of, uh, it's all one piece. It's uh, two inches or two and a quarter of uh, a yellow foam with about three-eighths of an inch or a half inch of some kind of, I don't know, it's, uh, it crinkles. It, it can be broken off with your fingers. And then on top of that, connected to it is um, what looks, looks like roofing paper. Right, probably tar paper. Okay, right. so what you're describing is is a cathedral ceiling with a sandwich-type roof structure above it. So in other words, typically in a ceiling, you would have the insulation in between the rafters because your rafters are part of the architectural beauty of the home. The insulation is actually stacked on top of the rafters, kind of on the roof shingle side almost. Right. And um, that's not unusual in that type of home. It, 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 it ends up creating a bit of a deeper fascia at the front edge because of the amount of material you have there. But but it's a good, sensible way to, to insulate that style home. So what's your question about this? Are you having problems with it? I would assume that that's only about R19, if that. It's going to depend on what exact materials are being used. And you're right, it's probably not enough. And so your question might be, how do I make that better? Right. And I was thinking of uh, putting something on the inside, which I will lose the uh, visual effect, but I thought if I um, put a maybe a little furring strip or something on the inside, put in uh, a blown-in rigid foam? Well, if you put in, if you put in blown in, that's going to totally you know, mess up the appearance of those rafters. It's hard to do that neatly. So what you might want to think about doing is adding some rigid foam insulation inside the ceiling in between the the ceiling uh, rafters uh, and then um, some other type of wood paneling 
um, over that so that when you look up, it appears that you're looking at the underside of the roof still. You understand what I mean? Right. So you can even use like a tongue and groove, uh, thin pine paneling that's like, you know, three-eighths or a quarter of an inch thick, but have that cover the insulation. And that would still give you the appearance, even though you're losing a little bit of depth, um, you might be able to pick up uh, a fair amount of additional insulation. Well, concrete might be one of the toughest building materials around, but with heavy vehicles, extreme climates, tree roots, or simply old age, the next thing you know, your concrete driveway is just cracking up, and that's not good. Now, water can seep into those cracks, and then guess what? It starts to freeze, and that causes even more damage. Now, QuickCrete, who is a trusted Money Pit sponsor, has a solution that can help, especially when those cracks first appear. It's a polyurethane concrete crack sealant, and here Here's how it works. The first thing you do is you pick a day where there's no rain in the forecast. Then you simply brush away any loose dirt or debris that's gotten into the crack, and you apply the sealant. It comes in tubes, so you pretty much just squeeze it out like caulk. You let it dry for a couple of hours, and your cracks are history. It works really well, and it's so easy to apply. The QuickCrete Polyurethane Concrete Crack Sealant permanently seals and waterproofs the crack, and that prevents it from getting any bigger and leading to even more damage. If you'd like to learn more about that product, you can head on over to quickcrete.com, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E.com. Denise in Tennessee is on the line about a non-slip floor coating. Tell us what you're working on. Uh, Leslie, I was just wondering, you were talking about the epoxy ceramic paint for cement floors in garages. Okay. Um, can you use the sand additive so you don't slip if it gets wet? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. Um, are you concerned about this? I mean, in Memphis, does it get that snowy and icy? It gets very humid, number one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, you, you know, when you have exhaust from your car or dripping AC unit, you know, which is standard, uh, that can be a problem. Uh, I love okay. the look of the painted floors, but at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, the I would like coatings. a sand additive added to it. That's the idea. Yeah, um, I don't see why you couldn't do that, Leslie, right? Yeah, with the epoxy coating, you know, there are several different components that you have to mix together so that they will work and cure correctly. Um, you may want to, there's a website called noskidding.com, which I think is kind of a clever name. And they have a different, you know, different series of products that you would put on after, because I'm not sure where you would add that sand and if it might affect the curing and would it absorb, you know, one of the chemicals more than another. So you might want to do the epoxy coating with the chips first and then go ahead and add a product over it. And if you check out that website, noskidding.com, you'll find a series of products for inside, outside. It goes on really easily, and it does sort of fix that slipperiness. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, is the grout around your bathtub just cracking and crumbling and falling out and really not looking so great? Well, we're going to tell you how to fix it for good after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by American Craftsman. Right now at the Home Depot, special order American Craftsman windows, patio doors, and accessories are 15% off. Whether you're replacing your windows, adding a new room, or building a new home, American Craftsman and Anderson Company offers products for your project at an unparalleled value. Quality, energy efficiency, low maintenance, and even better, great value. 
American Craftsman windows, patio doors, and accessories. Now 15% off at the Home Depot. Valid through September 26, U.S. only. See store for details. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, have you guys checked out MoneyPit.com lately? You know, we are so proud of our website, and every day we're adding new stuff. And right now we've got some brand new video tool reviews. Now you don't need to guess what's right for you when you head to the store. You can review detailed videos on fall fix-up tools like string trimmers and mowers, up close and personal. And that's really going to help you make a buying decision. So you're not going to be hemming and hawing at the big box store. You'll know exactly what you're going in there to get. Just visit MoneyPit.com slash videos. And while you're there, head over to our community section. You can post a question just like Nancy did. And she writes, my bathtub grout is gross. I keep (laughs) replacing it. Well, I mean, you know, it's grout in the bathroom. It's gross. Pretty much. I keep replacing it and caulking the area between my tub and my tile walls, but it only quickly turns green and falls out. Ew. Is there a way to fix this once and for all? Yeah, very common problem, Nancy. Everybody's had this a time or two. And there actually is an interesting solution to it. First of all, I just want to clarify that you're using caulk and not grout in the intersection between the wall and the tub. You do use grout, of course, in all the tile seams. But where the tile meets the tub lip, that should only be caulk. So let's assume that that's where you're at. It just looks really gross and yucky. What you want to do is strip all the old caulk away. Now, there actually is a product that's called a caulk softener. It's kind of like a paint stripper for caulk, and it makes it soft and pliable, even the old hard stuff. It helps you be able to peel it completely out. You want to do a really good job of getting all the old caulk out. And then I want you to mix up a solution of bleach and water and spray down that sort of joint area again between the tub lip and the tile because we want to kill any mold or algae that's forming in there. After that dries really well, the next thing you want to do, you would think, is caulk, right? Wrong. Here's the trick. What you want to do next is fill the tub up with water. But here's why. The tub will be weighted down by the weight of that water. Then you can apply the caulk, let that dry, and then let the water out of the tub. When that happens, the tub will come back up, it will compress the caulk, and it won't fall out the next time you step in to take a bath or the time after that or the time after that. Now, in terms of preventing that green from coming back, make sure you choose a caulk that's rated for kitchens and baths because they're going to have mildicide in them, and that will stop the green from growing. So there you have it. A couple of quick tips to help make sure that you can clean up that caulk, that gross caulk around your bathtub and not have it come back. All right. And on the gross topic, let's keep in there. Jim from New York writes, what's your advice on getting rid of stink bugs? They're gross. And I have to say, being a New Yorker myself on Long Island, we've had a tremendous amount of them this past summer and into this fall season. Yeah, they do seem to be sort of the peskiest fall pest around. So there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, you want to seal up gaps and cracks, the kinds, the same kinds of things that you do to kind of seal your house from winter drafts, like weather stripping, things like that, fixing holes in screens, any of those tiny gaps and cracks you want to seal up because the bugs see the lights inside your house and they try to go to the light. The second thing that you can do is get a stink bug trap. There's a company called Rescue that makes um, a whole bunch of environmentally friendly traps, but these stink bug traps are very effective. So look up the rescue traps. They have a, an attractant that goes in the trap, and the stink bugs pretty much walk right in there, and they don't walk out. Good. And you know what? Check out their website, because they've got some really funny videos that they were showing when they launched this product, and it's worth a laugh. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this first weekend of fall with us. We hope we've given you some tips, some 
some ideas to get started on your fall fix-up projects. Remember, you can reach out to us 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT or at any time, log on to moneypit.com and post your question in our community section. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Live in a money pit. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.